welcome to the 2022-23 version of the People of PS podcast. This is Mark Carlton. I'm the head of school at Presbyterian School, and this is our third year on the podcast. Um, I feel like such a veteran podcaster. So um, this year, our focus as a school is on the core value of compassion, and um, we are digging into uh, the definition of that, which the, the etymology of the word compassion is to suffer with uh, someone. And uh, we've said that we've done a lot of suffering in the last two years in uh, broad communities. And so we, we said that we were going to focus on the word with in the definition and the way that we're kind of making that accessible for our students, particularly our little guys, is to look at the first letter of each uh, word in the phrase, will I try helping? So the first letter of each of those words is with. And so um, the the podcast this year is going to focus on that idea of helping through giving back. And so we're going to be talking to people this year who have given back to Presbyterian School in unique and interesting ways. And so today, I'm very excited that our first guest on the podcast is uh, Brenton Smith. Brenton is one of our chaplains here at school. She is also a graduate of Presbyterian School and a graduate in my tenure as head of school. And so I remember Brenton, little Brenton, when she was uh, in the eighth grade. And uh, I tell this story as a lead up. So when Brenton was in the eighth grade, the school's uh, a good bit smaller. And so I was able to meet individually with uh, each eighth grade student, I don't know, for about 10 or 15 minutes. I, I used to say just so that it wasn't the first time I ever saw those those folks when I gave them diplomas at graduation. And I just remember vividly my conversation with Brenton in, in the uh, eighth grade was just she's very comfortable uh, in her own skin, uh, comfortable with who she was, comfortable with her faith, even as an eighth grader. And uh, so the Brenton Smith, I think that you'll get to know a little bit better today, is uh, maybe not so different from that eighth <laughs> grader, but we're excited. Brenton, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm so grateful to be here. Yeah. So um, every podcast participant has to give sort of a five-minute autobiography. Mm-hmm. So uh, you are, you know, certainly younger than I am, but uh, take your five minutes to tell us you know, who you are, where you came from, tell us about your family. Go for it. Wow. Um, when I think about my autobiography, I have to start before I was born because I have a really rich um, ancestry of like faith inheritance. Um, my grandparents actually met at First Presbyterian Church, and then my parents followed suit and also met at First Presbyterian Church. So just a lot of um, really strong examples of faith in my life, and um, I'm incredibly grateful to be born into that love Um and I'm the oldest, and so uh, when I think back on uh, before my brother was born, I just think of um, lots and lots of joy living in Houston, and then we moved to Princeton when my dad pursued a degree from Princeton University, Um, and that's where my brother was born, and we moved back to Houston after that, and the rest of my life basically beyond college has been spent in Houston, and I think because of that, um, I'm such an advocate for the community and and really am grateful for all the um, gifts of the city. And um, so once we came back to Houston, um, I started at Presbyterian School in second grade and uh, finished 
went through eighth grade. Um, and just when I reflect back on my time at Presbyterian, I think of how it really shaped a lot of my character and shaped a lot of my um, faith uh, because I think the environment at Presbyterian school is one that um, through challenges and mistakes that you naturally make as you transition through key developmental stages uh, was just a lot of grace and a lot of um, encouragement that you're not just one mistake. And um, I think because of that, um, I had such a foundation to explore who I was and um, additionally a really strong academic foundation launching into my time at St. Agnes. Um, I think uh, I remember teachers saying at St. Agnes, like, oh, we love when we get kids from Presbyterian school because <laughs> we just um, were really passionate about education and um, had found a, like a really strong foundation of study skills and things like that. So anyways, went to St. Agnes for two years, um, really enjoyed my time there, really enjoyed all girls school. I um, think there's something really fun about them playing you know, High School Musical over the speakers as you go to class, and <laughs> which reminded me of my eighth grade play where we did. Yeah, uh, you conveniently <laughs> glossed over your starring role yeah. in the eighth grade play, which I I think uh, surprised some it, of us because you're you're <laughs> me too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, go go back, talk uh, about that a little bit. Well, I would brag say, about yourself yeah. a little bit. It's okay. Thank you. Um, I was definitely um, like. Uh, not someone who really enjoys the spotlight. I don't know how to say that in a different way, but I think um, I always envisioned myself, because you, you talk about the eighth grade play from, literally, I remember Aladdin was the play um, when I was in second grade, and I thought they were legitimately celebrities. <laughs> I thought they like, we were in the presence of like a, a real like Broadway performance. And um, I think because of that, it really does cultivate this really, really intense excitement about when you get into eighth grade. And um, I think I was always nervous to picture myself as anything beyond like a, you know, supporting role. Like, a, not that there's, you know, I think that would have been really great. And I think I would have learned a lot, but um, kind of the way that the audition process was, um, they really placed you. Like you kind of came in saying I'd be open to what you, where you want to put me. And um, I was just as surprised as everyone when I saw uh, the lead role in my locker that day. And I- So you didn't try out specifically for the lead. You just- No, yeah. not that I remember at least. I think that would have been really out of like, personality. Um, <laughs> but I remember uh, you. everyone had to do this like lead song. And so I right. think they saw you in um, a role. And I think um, I, I remember um, the person producing the play at the time, she just said that um, because I was someone who was a little bit more reserved and um, shy that I, she saw, I don't know, Gabriella Montez in me. So <laughs> take with that what you will. But, um, Everybody's uh, <laughs> going to go rewatch oh, High School yeah. Musical. Oh, yes. Please watch yeah. the original. No, I, yeah, they, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a video in the Smith household of you starring in that show, right? There is. <laughs> so, uh, so two years of St. Agnes yes. and then? and then transferred to Westbury Christian um, for the following two years. And um, I really appreciated, I think both of the schools I'm incredibly grateful for, and I think um, encouraged and challenged me in different ways. And so I think um, if I did it all again, I'd wanna do it in a similar way. Um, and then 
it's so funny. I remember both my parents went to A&M, and so there was kind of just this expectation that I would go to A&M and in like a really positive way. It's a great school. Um, but I don't remember really thinking of other places. I think we toured maybe one other place, but then um, it was just such a natural fit. It really encourages faith, and um, that's something, like I mentioned before, that our, like my family just um, really values. My dad is a pastor, and my mom um, at the time was the chaplain at Presbyterian School, and then now works as a youth director. And so um, I think with um, what I was so grateful for uh, going into college was that my parents had modeled for me, like lived in faith, that they, um, every Saturday morning, um, particularly in high school, um, we were starting with a family Bible study or checking in um, about how our faith was um, feeling in terms of how are we participating in it? How does that look beyond just Sunday morning? Yeah, so talk a little bit about, um, you, you said, you know, Texas A&M was mm -hmm. a great place where your faith was supported. I mean, I think yeah. most people might be surprised that the 65,000 student state university mm -hmm. is a place where that can happen. So talk about, mm -hmm. talk about your, you know, quickly about your faith yeah. journey there. Um, so when I got to a and I uh, was just surrounded by opportunities to explore your faith. Um, they, a and like you mentioned, has so many students that there's an event where I think there's probably a million clubs just offered <laughs> to you when you walk in. Um, and a, a like, big component of that is helping you explore your faith. And a lot of churches that really um, want to wrap their arms around college students and know that it's a big transition to leave your home. And um, in that time, I really was inspired by those churches and um, really felt a passion for um, as soon as my freshman year was finished. I felt this passion that I pursued the remainder of the three years to um, really make sure that freshmen transitioned well out of their home um, and where you have the sanctuary of your family and um, where you can enter into college and feel supported and safe and have opportunities presented to you to explore your faith. So I was a part of an organization that um, really partnered with, um, like you had five to six freshmen that you reached out to for six months and met with and um, helped them go to church and things like that. So I think those opportunities to really take on leadership in faith and also to receive mentorship um, were endless opportunities. I'm, I really would say I'm not unique in being able to find those there. So I was very grateful for that. Yeah. So that's so that's interesting. You so you really kind of started ministry when you were a college student. Yeah. And so let's fast forward a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you get out of college mm -hmm. and I mean, I, I think I know that you've <laughs> always had sort of a desire to be um, a school chaplain. Mm -hmm. So then, yeah, walk us through sort of you graduate and then the steps that you took to be sitting where you are. Yeah, so I um, used to joke that I didn't know what job I would be good at because my skills are like I, I love um, to learn about people, and I love God and Jesus. So I was like, what path? What path? Um, and I think you can use those skills in a lot of careers, but a school chaplain just was like, it just felt like something that would really um, lean into the gifts that I think God has given me. And um, so basically, once I, when I was a junior in college, I started working at the Summer Institute as a Bible teacher um, with Brandon Walker and Darnell and Kelsey. And um, through that, really felt that like calling confirmed. And then um, once I finished school, I remember um, just pursuing a conversation with Dr. Carlton to say, I would love to. Um, to be a part of the Presbyterian School community, especially a community that shaped me so much. It was like a dream to be able to um, try to be involved in this community and um, started seminary right after 
so like uh, the June of my, um, after graduating, started a two and a half year program, Masters of Theology at Fuller Seminary. And um, that coincided with starting at Presbyterian School um, as the chaplain intern under Joe Lever. And getting to really see what that role looked like was such a privilege um, because I just learned so much when you're in school and applying it immediately. Um, there was just a really, really unique um, opportunity there that I was grateful. Yeah, I mean, I think, um I mean, it's it's sort of cliche to say you know God works in mysterious mm -hmm. ways, but I think I think there was a sort of happy serendipity about the the school's growth mm -hmm. and really the need for an additional chaplain and your desire to explore that. And so, like you said, I mean, you got started mm -hmm. as a as an intern, but I, I mean, I'd say you were the most active intern. I remember having <laughs> to have a conversation with you about like you you really were not. You were working too much, and so there was a there were like literally labor department restrictions on. So we had to sit down and say you can only be here until, and then the the role grew, and so now yes, yeah, so now you are. Talk a little bit about sort of uh, the the school is now big enough. We have two chaplains, mm -hmm. you and Nathan Tenney, who's new this year. But talk about sort of your particular role and and the surprise I think that you are being in that particular role might might have brought to you I don't think this is necessarily where you saw yourself right yeah yeah absolutely I um, am working so I'm the early childhood and lower school chaplain so I get to um, really encourage faith in young people and I think that was a surprise to me because I'd always worked with middle school and wasn't really sure that I had skills with three-year-olds you know it wasn't something I'd ever explored besides babysitting I guess but it was kind of limited exposure and I remember um, once I took on um, early childhood it was um, mid-COVID and um, was in the physical classroom with them um, versus like meeting as an entire grade level and just was shocked by how um, God spoke to me through three and four year olds, like hearing their experience of recognizing that God is near to them and that they can communicate with him. Um, it was something that encouraged my faith. And I feel like once I was um, uh, spending time with early childhood all the way through fifth grade, I was just felt like it was such a confirmation of um, their joy impacting mine. And um, there is such a unique um, blessing of working with middle school because you are um, really able to walk alongside them. I think it really leans into like um, the developer in me that I love to celebrate those small wins. And um, so I think I think that there's a blessing in working with all age groups, but I think for me particularly in the way that I um, am able to uh, see a child from three to, how old are you, into fifth grade, 10, 11? Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> if you, to see that like progress and see siblings through the time, like there was something that I just was really, really drawn into and, and really felt surprised to be um, so passionate about. Yeah, so I think something that, that I'm learning from you, and, and I think you mentioned like being in seminary, mm -hmm. you know, so your, your, your brain is getting filled up, but then while you're doing that, you're also, you know, practically applying mm -hmm. those those you know things from your brain right is this idea of uh, faith formation mm -hmm. like we ha we have that opportunity and again you know we are an intentionally christian school but the word family is the first word in the mission mm -hmm. and so we are you know sensitive to the family's role in that formation yeah. um, but what i've what i've really enjoyed talking to you about over the course of the last two to three years, it's like our opportunity through not only the the chapel program that starts with our three-year-olds, right, but then 
moving into Bible in fifth grade, like this, this really, you know, great opportunity around faith formation. So, so talk about, and, and I think, and this sort of, you know, the, the theme of the podcast this year, what I've heard you say is that you really felt like that happened to you here. Mm-hmm. Like your, your faith was formed and obviously your, you know, parents are both, you know, in ministry, but it feels a little bit like you see this as an opportunity to give back yeah through the formation of children's faith. So I guess in a, in a way that's understandable, right, for the you know, rank-and-file audience, um, how do you approach, I guess, first of all, that, that idea of faith formation with you know, three-, four-, and five-year-olds and then, yeah. and then into fifth grade? So um, I definitely think that was one of the like big reasons I wanted to be back in this institution is like when I walked away as a graduate, I just felt seen and loved and nurtured. And I think to be able to be on the other side of that and be mentored by people who influenced me when I was 12 is um, such a unique opportunity. And so I think looking at that as now a person on staff and on faculty, like seeing a three-year-old and saying, um, taking a simple truth, I think like the biggest basis behind all that I learned at seminary is approaching young people um, where they are developmentally, taking their developmental stage really seriously. And so looking at three to five and saying um, a simple truth, like God made you and um, God loves you no matter what. And then taking that foundation and building upon it and seeing um, this partnership with families of saying like, I wanna give you this shared language so we can reinforce um, these key concepts that they will need to build um, through their lifelong faith journey um, is something that I think I'm incredibly passionate about and bringing that into um, this idea that that God has a story and that um, we we discover God's story and learn who God is through his story in the Bible, um, but that we are also called to be participants in that story and that um, we have an opportunity to um, to show and reflect, like our core values talk about reflecting God's love and God's character um, to the people around us. And so um, all of that kind of uh, foundation is being built of these developmentally appropriate um, understandings of, of um, personalizing God's promises and, and understanding God's character kind of coming up to then this more um, deep dive that gets to happen in fifth through eighth where we get to um, have not only chapel but also a, a weekly Bible class where we can again step back and say where is someone in sixth grade well you're you're on a journey of identity well we want to help frame uh, God's story to see where your identity and your story um, how that intersects with God's story and in seventh grade saying you want to experience truth for yourself well we want to help you return back to the foundations of faith and and be able to grapple with um, the question of who is Jesus and how does what is the Trinity and and begin to return back and then in eighth grade launching them off into high school and and desiring that they understand that they truly are a participant, that God's story is ongoing, and they can um, be be leaders in that, and they can experience their purpose as um, leaders in that story. Yeah, so I just have to take a quick moment and say, like, um, if, if, if you're listening to this and you have a 25, 26, I don't really know <laughs> how old you are, you're not that old, but, like, to be that articulate, in five minutes, right, about 
you know, the question about faith formation, to be able to talk as intelligently and as passionately as you just did. Like, I'm so proud as the head of this school that you're a product of the school, right? I do know your parents, and I, I, I will make sure that they listen to this, right? But no, I mean, so, so yeah, so th- I issued a challenge to you a few years ago when you were in the, in the middle of seminary to really think deeply about you know what you just articulated mm-hmm. and and then to think really practically about how that could be um, really operationally a part of our you know program moving forward and so what you've done really is you've created this uh, sequence of classes so now we're sort of shifting from chapel you mentioned this mm-hmm. uh, into the Bible class um, and, and really this gets back to a conversation that I had with you and with uh, Joe Lever last year just about sort of um, scriptural illiteracy among among our kids, uh, you know, a, a, a sort of a, a gap in their understanding of the faith, and how can we be more intentional about uh, bridging that gap? And so, yeah, so you've, you've created this sequence, you know, beginning in the fifth grade where you talk about God's story, mm-hmm. right? And then in the sixth grade, it's you know, our story, right? Our identity begins formation there. And how do we connect that to God's story? And then the seventh grade is our faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I love the way you talked about, you know, these these questions of, of identity. You know, you, you're, you just said, we're going to return to our identity mm-hmm. as children of a loving God, right? And then, of course, you know, the eighth grade is what's our purpose, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, so we, when you think about uh, you know, like your hopes for an eighth grade graduate, you know, think, I guess, four years from now when our current fifth graders have been able to go through that, that sequence that is really still living in your mind, what would, what would be your hope of, you know, that, that eighth grader launching off into, you know, the big bad world of high school um, with respect yeah. to their identities as children of God? Yeah, I think that's that's a, like such a great question. I think that a lot of this is rooted in the fact that like I did have a really strong like experience <laughs> experience with faith and at the same time I still struggle to understand like that faith isn't something I passively receive but something that is like an active part of my day-to-day walk with God and I would desire for our 8th graders to walk away understanding that um God's love for them and what God, like God sending Jesus to die for us, like that that um, is an opportunity we have to live our life as a thank you note to God, that that can motivate the way we treat other people, the way that we navigate life. Um, And then obviously like desiring that they feel comfortable in scripture, navigating the Bible, personalizing promises of God, um, really broadening their understanding of God's character that, that experiencing the gospel like that all of these moving pieces that we pray for them from fifth through eighth um that they would feel accessible to them and comfortable to them and that they would feel confident knowing um you know i repeat with the three-year-olds all the way through eighth grade that you can talk to god anytime anywhere about anything and even when they give me silly guesses i'm like yep still right (laughs) still correct and just that yeah that there's so many components of what i wish and hope for their faith lives but really that they know that it's not something passive or far removed from them but it's something that is um accessible to them and that god desires to have relationship with them so i gotta tell you i mean what you just said um like i'm gonna start i'm gonna start using this Mm. as you know living your life as a thank you note to god Mm. right i mean that's that is so accessible for Mm -hmm. three-year-olds 13-year-olds 
53-year-olds, right? And what, I mean, I don't know that we could hope for anything better from our graduates, right? I remember a mom telling me uh, several years ago, she was uh, not, not a Christian, and she was in the school, she loved the school, and she, she said, you know, she stopped me and she said, this Jesus that my daughter is meeting, um, I, I wish I had met him when, when I was her age. And of course, you know, the, the pastor in me is like, it's never too late to yeah. meet Jesus, right? But it was, um, I, think, I think what you've said is like our children, our graduates, by living their lives, and, and really that's, it's about compassion, it's about gratitude, it's you know, about giving back, living your life as a thank you note to God mm-hmm. is going to be an example to others, right? Yeah. I mean, who, who would have thought that the idea of gratitude mm-hmm. is countercultural today, but it, but it is. And so that idea that you can live your life as a reflection of that gift mm-hmm. is really pretty powerful and, and so accessible, mm-hmm. I think, too. All right, so that's, that's, that's good stuff. And so um, you've got to end. I mean, mm-hmm. this is heady. This has been – I remember, like, when we talked to Terry Flores on the podcast, like, was it – I think it was last year. Like, she, she was dropping down some big artists' names in there. And, I mean, I felt better educated after that. I think everybody did. I feel um, like I, I need to refurbish my faith a little bit after this, but I'm so grateful. All right. We're gonna, you're a native Houstonian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what sort of – like guilty pleasure do you enjoy about Houston? Like, does there a, is there a favorite restaurant that a native Houstonian like you, like maybe we don't know about it. I, I do know that you, you do like a cup of coffee every now and then. Yeah, what's, a, um, what's, what's something that you do, you do for fun that may be connected to the city that you obviously uh, care a lot about? That's such a great question. I feel like my favorite pieces of the city are um, the parks. Like I really enjoy, um, I've had the privilege to live near both Herman Park and the Bayou. And I feel like to be able to just um, access like big patches of greenery um, is such a gift. And like, I mean, I think compared to New York and Central Park, like we are the other city that has um, dedicated green space, even in the midst of so much city. And I know I experience God through creation and through um, being outside. And so I think my favorite, my encouragement to anyone is to get out in, whether that's Herman or Discovery um, Green and all these places to just really uh, prioritize, even though we live in a big city, being out in in nature. I think that's something that I treasure about the city and I would be um, sad if I didn't have it. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks, Brenton. This has been Thank fantastic. I'm uh, so excited about uh, the future uh, of this program. I, I'm excited about your leadership and the intelligence that, that you've brought to this. And um, I'm also excited that you're a graduate of the school. So, uh, so yeah, so great. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.